What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Delphine Carter, who is the founder of Bulo. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Going great. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on and being open to sharing what you're working on with Bulo. For people that don't know what it is or haven't heard of it, can you please share what you're working on? Yeah, Bulo Solutions is a career mobility mobility platform for women, mostly mothers. Um, and Bulo's goal is to help women stay in the workforce on their terms. So let's talk about, um, I guess, a couple of things. First, if someone was to use this, what would that look like? Does this help them find jobs? Does it help them have more satisfaction in their jobs? Can you kind of like describe what the platform does? And we'd love to love to learn a little bit more about the backstory as well. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, what we do is we help women find jobs that are contract part-time or flexible full-time. Women come to our website and they start the onboarding process, which is designed by an IO psychologist. The platform creates a 360-degree profile that really shows the whole value of our talent. A lot of digital talent platforms really don't accommodate nonlinear careers, Three out of five women have nonlinear careers, so we built something that can accommodate those lives so that they do show up in some of these searches. Then we have a video interview with the women, make sure everything lines up, they've got the right words to describe themselves. Um, And then on the other side, side, businesses input their needs through a role calibration exercise that's super similar. Um, And this makes sure that they aren't looking, for example, a bookkeeper who can manage social accounts and also provide legal advice. They're not looking for a unicorn. And then on the back end, the system smartly matches the talent with the right role and they go off into the future. Um, Later, and what our goal is for 2021, is to build an AI-driven career trajectory platform so that women know when to ask for raises, when to chase a promotion, or what opportunities they need to put under their belt to really get the career they want. We'd love to hear a little bit about the origin story of why you got started with this and kind of how it got started. Yeah, it's super personal on two levels. One, um, I have been a product manager for over 10 years in the technology space, launching apps, platforms, features, and I always had um, the need for talent to come in, help me execute on a lower budget, Um, but I also never had the time to go on Fiverr or Upwork to to really vet the talent. So I wanted talent to come my way that I knew could execute, and I didn't have to do a whole lot of work to get them going. Um, I also knew that in my carpool line next to me, there were geniuses just sitting there waiting to put their 
talents back into the workforce. And so we started, um, started talking about getting those women um, plugged into jobs in the community where they could find their professional selves again and businesses could get access to vetted talent, affordable price, ready to just hit the ground running the minute they were hired. That's, that's awesome. I like something that I'm, I'm really interested in is just the mar- the overall like job marketplace of like, you know, all these people with skills, all these opportunities and kind of lining them up. I'm curious for you, how, like, as you started this platform, you obviously have tons of experience. Um, like what have been some of the things that you've learned um, since starting Nabulo, whether it be about the product, whether it be about the market, you know, whether it be about anything, what are some learnings that you've come across since you, since you started the company? Um, about the market. So it's funny, we launched Bulo when unemployment was a super low, right? So in the beginning, our value proposition was, we're going to help you find some badasses that can get in there and execute. And then like under a year later, we're in a situation where there's tons of talent out there that's really strong. And now we needed to shift our positioning statement to say, if you post something out there, you're going to get a hundred resumes and you don't have the time as a founder or as a CEO or head of HR to sift through all those people. So what I really did learn is you may come up with a positioning statement and you've got to be ready to shift it on a dime and become super nimble in how you market yourself um, and adjust your product. So we have made tons of changes to the back end to make sure that we can get faster and more agile and have more accurate um, matching. But it's, you know, to me, this is a lot like the experience you have launching any product. You constantly have to do a ton of research, listening to people, hearing their problems in their words, the jobs to be done method, and then applying it and not being afraid to change it quickly. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, I I think that with what happened this year, so many companies had to learn that lesson like, Oh, like this is the market. Now we have to, we have to change X or change Y or pivot to Z. And, uh, um, it, it's been, you know, among all things that have been going on this year, it's been one of the things It's just interesting to see how companies have reactive bounced back or unfortunately many aren't able to, and it just kind of like crushed them, which is very sad because there was nothing they could do about that. But I just think that the behavior change was like kind of interesting to just observe from, from afar. For, for you, how do you think about getting, um, getting these, this incredible talent um, on, on the platform? And also, like, what type of talent? Like, like, so are these, are these you know, previous women CEOs? Are these people coming out of college? Are they, like, who, who, uses, um, who uses this platform or who do you want to get on the platform? Yeah, the typical Bulo member is a female who is between 27 to 55. So it's women who are full-time and they're thinking about starting a family um, and they're wondering, how am I going to balance this professional self and the family self? Um, And then the people that are now, we call ourselves the sandwich generations, where you're starting to take care of your parents as well as getting your kids off to college. And so we do also have people that are heading towards retirement, not ready completely to give up their professional selves, but have some other commitments that they have to manage. So that's the typical person. We find them on social media, mostly. Um, And 
what's been super interesting is there are so many, I think the stat is like 67% of Ivy League graduates that are women leave the workforce because they're so type A that they can't stand failing at family and then feeling like they're failing at work. So they're going to choose family. But there is that professional side of themselves that just is sitting there trying to get used and get going. And so um, we've got women that are legal degrees, accounting degrees, just top-notch researchers, marketing experts, just really the gamut. Our minimum, they have to have at least five years of work experience um, to get going. And originally we required an undergraduate degree, but that was one of those things that we learned was if somebody has 10 years of experience in something, they don't need an undergraduate degree. So let's take, let's take life experience and put that into play as well. What do you think is one of the, like for, for people that, that hire, so C CEOs, VPs, et cetera, um, do you think there, what do you think are like some misconceptions that there are about like, you know, hiring and people, you know, of, of any kinds, like, I don't know, like if you, if someone that's hiring that you work with on the other side of the marketplace, what misconceptions do they might have about um, the market about uh, about hiring from your platform that you wish they didn't have these misconceptions you have to educate them on some of these things yeah I'd rather tackle the market frankly because so across all the talent digital platforms out there today 80% of those people are the same people right and so and it's because of the onboarding process so a lot of HR departments in in an effort to fill roles and to get speed they really are going for the people that look the exact same. And it's difficult to reach any diversity inclusion goals when you are, you're working from one system that tries to flatline everybody into one profile. And so if you come across somebody that has a, a blank phase in their background or has done different things, so they haven't stayed in marketing, maybe they shifted over and did some project management, and maybe they shifted over into something in finance. It's acknowledging that, that the experience gained is really valuable to your business. Not everybody needs to have this super linear career. And so my ask to those people is just talk to people. If you think there's something about them that's really going to make them successful in that role, talk to them and ask them, tell me more about what happened during that blank phase. Tell me your story or tell me about everything you learned as you kind of moved around. Um, you don't have to hire them, just talk to them. And that way you'll, you'll get diverse thinking on your team and in your company, which shows higher, higher returns, um, community support. Like it's, it's well worth it financially for a company to think that way. And what, what would you say are like kind of, shifting slightly to going back to um, this year and like just COVID and what's happened. I'm curious for you, how, what have you seen on the either side of the marketplace, whatever is interesting to you, but what have you seen, um, you know, one side like struggle with and what are some things that you could suggest that, that can help people get through the like these times of like, you know, might be hard, it might be unemployment, might be furloughed. Um, are there things that you just noticed from COVID um, in 2020 that, that large parts of the market struggle with that you might have some like ideas on how to help or advice or anything on those such in regards to finding a, a job or hiring someone for a job? Yeah. So on finding a job, if you have been in a job for a little while, you've completely forgotten your elevator pitch. 
you've forgotten how to explain who you are. Matt, what do you do and what are your goals? And I bet even with you doing this every day and having to send emails to get great guests, um, it's, if you don't have that, if you haven't had the need to have that elevator pitch in a while, you need to sit some time aside and come up with who are you, why should somebody hire you, and what are your goals? Don't forget what your goals are because those matter as well. So if you got furloughed, if you're looking to do a career change, get your elevator pitch down and say it confidently. And for the people that are hiring, is now's the time to be super strategic. A lot of companies kind of got in that mindset of full-time. I always need to fill a role with a full-time person. Well, let's go back to looking at um, the value of contractors um, and, and really figuring out how to fold those people into, I hate to say it, but into your red tape, right? Like how can you, how can you create a more nimble workforce that's better on your budget that helps, still helps you reach your goals. And then we get people back to work faster. So think about contract, think about part-time. Part-time is anything that's under 32 hours. You can get a lot of work done in 30 hours a week. Um, just try and get out of that full-time mindset. For um, for three years before I'm doing what I'm doing now, I worked on a, on a gig economy company. I helped writers um, connect with startups who needed their blogs managed, um, and I I'm fully on board with this. It doesn't need you like this doesn't need to be the the whole thing. You can have a gig, um, you can have multiple of them, you know things like that. And it's I, I do think that. Um, the, the things are shifting slowly, but they are shifting to make that more normalized, which is exciting to me. Oh, it is. The SMB space is so small, medium-sized businesses are great about bringing in a contract worker. When people get bigger and they have to put some stricter boundaries and rules, you kind of get a little bit, I hate to say it, but lazy. And it's just much easier if everybody comes on board the exact same way. It's a lot less hassle to deal with. Well, you're just going to have to think differently about creating a process for contractors that can fold into that same place because you're going to be forced to do it by your shareholders. You're going to be forced to do it by just searching for talent, finding the right people. Um, so just don't stick to what's easy. Yeah. What, what, what's easy. I feel like I don't have so much experience in this, but I have a hunch that like what's easy now will lead to, uh, you know, some pain in the future versus picking the hard route. Now may lead to more ease in the future hundred percent. That's why when we guide companies that are hiring somebody or shifting to remote right now, super applicable, right? Is people started micromanaging. What did you do all day? I can't see you. Your butt's not in that seat. If you take the time to set up goals and objectives, key performance indicators, and you, Matt, have your goals that you have to reach, I don't care what you did all day. I just need to know that by the end of the quarter or the end of the month, you've hit your goals. Tough on the front end, it's a lot easier to try and get an email of making you summarize your day than setting those goals up. But the other one has way greater impact. You're saying that as I look at my OKRs on the right side of my desk with my little right. board. <laughs> well done. Yeah. I, I do think that I, I might have set them. Like, so I have a, like a pretty much it's two people in this, like, it's not even a company. It's like a project. But um, I feel like any at any size OKRs are a super useful framework to think through what what to get done. Even if you're one person, um, I know these are meant for like mid to large size teams, but I find them helpful myself. Totally, doesn't matter because if you are looking at your agenda for the day and you have something that you know you need to accomplish, it's way easier to ignore that email, that rogue email that came in that you're like, ah, I should go answer that. 
if you answer that, you may not hit your GNOs and you know those are the or your goals and objectives. Those are the big, the big things you need to get to. So any company that's starting up, you really run the risk of the squirrel effect if you don't have those goals and objectives for yourself. Definitely. Um, so let's look out, you know, a decade or, or something like that, you know, in regards to what this could look like. What could this look like in a decade? Or I guess in other words, what's your big vision um, for Bulow and what direction are you rowing in? Yeah, so we will get it. So it's not a could, it's a will. Matt, but we're going to be the career mobility platform for women. The, if we can get more women into the workforce, that has an $842 billion impact to the U.S. Getting those people back to having money and families, you know, with greater economic health. And so when we are the career mobility platform, we can keep women in the workforce. We can give them another option for the off-ramp to where they can maintain their earning power maintain their careers. Um, and we do that by just providing an ecosystem of support. And AI can, uh, you know, any kind of artificial intelligence and data mining can help us tell these women how to reach their goals. And then layer on an ecosystem of support where they've got mentors and peers and others on this journey. I really think we, I know we will make an effect on keeping women in the workforce. And to make that happen, you'll need some help, right? Like you'll need some employees. You, you'll, you'll maybe want investors if you want investors. You, you'll need, you know, revenue, things like that. But you'll definitely need help from the forward-thinking founders community. So for my last question for you is how can the community help? Are you looking for employees? Are you looking for, for more customers, anything like that? How can the community assist? Yeah, I'll never say no to another customer, right? I think the community, community can really assist um, in a couple ways. We are opening a round, so we're trying to raise um, starting September 1st, which is today, um, and closing in November so, we, so that we can really build the technology aspect out and the sales funnel, get that flywheel going. And my ask is, is really, um, if you are in a position to be hiring or growing your own company, consider non-traditional workers. Consider people that aren't that 80% that show up on every Indeed or LinkedIn search. Um, and I think once you do that, you'll understand the value of Bulo Solutions. But if you want to learn more about us, and I would love for you to become a customer, I would love for you to become a, a Bulo member. Um, if you think you have the, could use some contract work or some part-time work, um, or if you want to give us money, we'll take that as well. But just go to Bulo Solutions, B-O-L-O solutions.com and give our talent a shot. Um, just be open to diversity. And then for the final, final question, you mentioned it just now, but just as a reminder, how can people find you? What's the URL? Are you on social media? Can they email anyone? I guess in what ways can people get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. Reach out to me, Delphine, D-E-L-P-H-I-N-E dot Carter at Bulo, B-O-U-L-O solutions.com. I feel like I just spelled a whole lot of stuff, but we're also on LinkedIn. There's not a ton of Delphine Carters, so look for Delphine Carter um, on LinkedIn uh, with Bulo. And you can find us on um, Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn as well. But we are always here to answer questions. There's no commitment to using Bulo until you decide you found talent that you want to hire. So just keep exploring this. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Matt. 
All right. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you're sitting there and you're just saying, Matt, I want more. How can I get more? Well, luckily, you can get it at Forward Thinking City. Forward Thinking City is a community for the Forward Thinking Network, right? And we have multiple different aspects of the city. One, we have AMAs. Some of the previous guests that have been on the podcast, like Jonathan Barkle, Kristen Anderson, Austin Allred, come back and they do AMAs with the residents. You can ask them any question that you want, right? You can ask them about fundraising. The early days, how they got their customers. We do these every single week with another, you know, really great founder that has been on the podcast. Additionally, um, we have our pitch battles, right? So if you want feedback on your pitch and the opportunity to potentially pitch in front of VCs and talk one-on-one with venture capitalists, this is where to do it. These are monthly pitch battles. So if you don't get in the first time, try again, right? The goal is to improve and get feedback to eventually one, raise, uh, get, get into the room with the VCs, two, raise capital, three, so you can get back to your company and building a great startup, building a great business. The last thing I'll mention is that if you were kind of interested in just community, we have our coffee hours and happy hours where you can meet other residents, learn about what they're working on, talk about social things, anything you want. This is a city for founders. It is for investors. It is for startup enthusiasts. It's for anyone that loves startups. So if you're interested in what I'm saying, Go to forwardthinking.city and join the city for $15 a month. Um, you know, the way the reason I charge is because I want to be able to do this full time and bring as much value as I possibly can. And I think it's well worth the value. You can ask any of the current residents and they will attest to that. So go to forwardthinking.city, join the city, and you'll see immediately the, the next AMA, the next pitch battle, the next event. And I hope to see you there. Forwardthinking.city. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.